Welcome to the Fancy Aceball Podcast. This is Tim Kanak with Fantasy Aceball. You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Aceball. And you can find my content, my writing over at Friends with Fantasy Benefits. Uh, so if you want to see the text version of this podcast, check that out. And you can find my other pods on Fantasy Aceball on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And you can find me on Twitter, like I said, at Fantasy Aceball. So, let's get it started. We're going to go over our week four notes, injuries, waivers, and prospect rankings. And we're going to go deep a little bit on some plate discipline metrics. So, uh, we are starting to enter the stage of uh, ending small sample sizes a little bit and relevant stats beginning to show up. So, some of the stats, plate discipline metrics especially, are going to start becoming relevant. And the small sample sizes... Um, while they're still small, will actually start meaning something in the next couple of weeks here. So, let's get into roster notes. We'll start, as always, alphabetically with the AL. We have the Baltimore Orioles. So, we have a couple guys tagged for the rotation right now who do not seem long for those duties. I think it's possible we see a mass increase of prospects coming to Baltimore in the next couple of months here. So likely we'll see guys like D.L. Hall and Grayson Rodriguez in the near future. Uh, Boston Red Sox, we've got Trevor Story now finally leading off. We'll see if that gives him a bump to get out of his slump. And also it looks like Garrett Whitlock is going to be slated for the rotation, so that's going to be fun to see. And Matt Barnes is back in the closer role. Chicago White Sox, uh, looks like, Vince Velasquez is the number three starter, so don't think they were envisioning that when they were building this team, but uh, they've been hit with the injury bug pretty bad early in the season, and uh, we haven't even gotten to Eloy yet. The Detroit Tigers called up prospect Bow Brisky, Bo, Bo Brisky, Brieski. sorry if I uh, did not say that correctly, um, he's slated to make his first start yesterday. And uh, that's due to injuries to Casey Mize and Matt Manning. And then the Houston Astros looks like they've moved up Kyle Tucker and Jeremy Pena with the Altuve injury. Uh, Jeremy Pena is leading off, and Kyle Tucker is up to fifth in the order now. And Hector Neris is temporarily the closer, as Ryan Presley is also out with an injury. The Kansas City Royals have moved Bobby Witt down in the order. Hopefully it helps him relax and get into a groove offensively. We'll get into a little bit of Bobby Witt later in the podcast. Um, Something to watch with the Royals right now is the closer competition between Scott Barlow and Josh Stallmont, if it is a competition. Um, Matheny, it appears, likes to have a couple different options, and will be putting whichever one in what the role that he thinks will best fit them, depending on lineup construction and who's coming up in the order. The Los Angeles Angels are still platooning. Brandon Marsh and Joe Adele. Looks like uh, Taylor Ward is playing every day. So uh, Marsh and Adele, one of them, seems to be sitting every single day since they've also got Trout in the outfield and Otani stuck at DH. Uh, I don't think that is the best way to develop their top prospects, but that's what they're doing. Um, I don't get it, but that's what Madden is doing, and that always seems to be something that he's doing is playing platoons. He's one of the first guys to be doing that. 
The Minnesota Twins, uh, looks like Joan Duran is moving his way up the closer pecking order, so keep an eye on him. Also, we have Alex Kirilov probably coming back. We'll get into that in the injuries in the next week or so. The New York Yankees have Aaron Hicks now leading off, so there is some value with Aaron Hicks uh, at the top of the order. Anyone leading off for the Yankees definitely provides some value because it's still a good lineup. The Oakland A's... Uh, have Trevino coming back from the IL, but Danny Jimenez has good, done a good job as his replacement, so we'll see what the A's do uh, between those two guys once Trevino is back. The Texas Rangers have Spencer Howard coming back today. That's Sunday, April 24th, so he is back in the rotation. And the Toronto Blue Jays have been playing Zach Collins at DH in a strong side platoon. And Collins, we will get into when we discuss waivers is likely worth rostering right now in two catcher leagues because of that DHing in the middle of the Blue Jays lineup is a solid spot to be. Now the National League, the Atlanta Braves can't figure out the back end of their rotation. They keep cycling through guys like Tucker Davidson and Oscar Enoa. And uh, I think if they really wanted to work this out, they could probably just put Spencer Strider there and call it a day. But um, that's not what they're doing. Chicago Cubs now have Seiya Suzuki hitting second. And Suzuki has been one of the best players in baseball this season. And this will be an exciting team once Brendan Davis makes his debut later in the year. The Cincinnati Reds brought Lucas Sims back and should be having a return of Luis Castillo in the next couple of weeks here. We'll see what that does to the rotation. Uh, If it's Gutierrez who loses his spot or Lodolo. Um, Looks like Hunter Green is probably here to say. We'll see what that does to the Reds. The Miami Marlins are now leading off Jazz Chisholm, and they move Soler back to third, and Jesus Sanchez to fourth. Their lineup's actually looking pretty good, the Marlins' offense so far this year. Uh, what they really need is some bullpen help, and Floro should be coming back in the next week or so, so that may do that. The Milwaukee Brewers. <clears throat> looks like Aaron Ashby is going to be heading back to the bullpen after making a start and not performing very well. Uh, Philadelphia Phillies move Schwarber back in the order, and that seems to help him. Um, he's playing better as of late, not leading off. The Pittsburgh Pirates sent down Rowanzi Contreras to try to stretch him out. Uh, nice, convenient excuse for the Pirates. And the San Diego Padres um, looks like they're going to have a conundrum once Blake Snell and Mike Clevenger are coming back probably this week. What are they going to do with Gore? What are they going to do with C.J. Abrams once the 28-man roster gets trunked down because they've been playing Kim more than Abrams of late? And the San Francisco Giants, looks like Sammy Long and Tyler Beattie might get some rotation time after Alex Cobb and Anthony Descalfani have suffered some injuries. Now let's get into injury notes. Ronald Acuna is on a rehab assignment and should be back at the worst by May 6th but I don't think he's going to need two more weeks of rehab. He's already looking pretty good uh, three games in. I think that Acuna should be back maybe by the weekend or by the end of the week. I don't think he's going to be in the minors for two weeks. I think he's going to get bored if that's the case. Luis Castillo is supposed to be back by the first week of May, so we'll see again what the Reds are going to do with Lodolo and Vladimir Gutierrez at that point. Lucas Sims made his return to the team this weekend to be the closer for the Reds. Steven Strasburg is throwing bullpens and will probably need a couple weeks of rehab starts before his return. So we may see 
Strasburg starting to ramp up with some minor league rehab starts in the near future. Luis Arias is starting his rehab assignment, and we should see him with the big league club by the end of the week. Lucas Giolito is making his return today from the IL. We'll see how he does. Uh, Clevenger is going to have one more start at Triple A before he comes up. I think it's Triple A El Paso, Paso, which is a hitting environment. John Means is out for the season with Tommy John surgery, unfortunately, which I think we all saw coming uh, once he was taken out of that game, unfortunately. And James Paxton, some good news on injuries, appears he is going to be coming back by the All-Star break. So that's the plan for James Paxton. Uh, Don't forget, a former top 20 starter could have some value later in the year. If you have the IL room to stash him, he could be a nice IL stash. I've done it in a couple of my own leagues myself. Chris Sale's timeline has been pushed back from May into June. Casey Mize was placed on the IL with an elbow sprain and is expected to return sometime in early May. Uh, Elbow sprain never sounds good for a pitcher. We'll see what happens with Mize. Kirloff is on the way back, as I've already hinted. Um, He's going to be starting a rehab assignment this week and could be back as soon as early next week, depending on how uh, how, how the hitting goes with the wrist during the rehab assignment. Javier Baez went on the 10-day IL, and uh, with that, his thumb injury, that was last week, but it's taking a little bit longer for him to heal, so he may need another week of IL time. Uh, Mitch Hanniger spent the whole week on the COVID IL, and he must be pretty sick because he's not back yet. The other guys who went on the COVID IL from the Mets are all back now. Taiwan Walker should return to the rotation next week. Blake Snell, as noted, should be back uh, relatively quickly here. We'll see what that does to Mackenzie Gore. Tasker Hernandez, I mentioned last week, went on the IL. We're probably not looking to see him back until sometime in late May. Matt Manning hit the IL with shoulder soreness and is expected back when first eligible as of now. Ryan Presley is throwing, but not ready to return from the IL, even though his initial 10 days on the IL are up. But um, we'll see what happens with Presley. Just keep that in mind, is that he is not ready yet. Jose Altuve went to the IL with a hamstring strain and will be reevaluated after his initial 10-day IL stint. Alex Cobb should only be out for a couple of weeks with a groin injury, but we'll see. Uh, He said it's something he's been dealing with his whole career, so this is something, I guess, that's reoccurring, so it may keep him out a little longer than initially expected. Anthony Disclafani has an MRI scheduled for Monday with ankle inflation. Hopefully, it's good news rather than bad news we get on Monday. Blake Trinan hit the IL with shoulder discomfort. Not the only Dodgers pitcher to do so, as Anthony Haney had the same thing happen. And the Dodgers are blaming the short spring training for the shoulder issues of both of these guys. We'll see how long they're out. Shoulder arm issues are always a concern for pitchers. We don't know yet when they will be back. Eloy Jimenez uh, is out with a significant injury per Tony La Russa, hamstring injury, and current projections have him out for at least a month. We'll see when Eloy returns. He said it is not nearly as bad as the injury last year, but he should miss some uh, valuable time here. Dylan Floro is beginning a, a rehab assignment, so um, we'll see. Anthony Bender's got to pick it up if he wants to maintain that role with Floro on the men. James Caprellian is scheduled for one more rehab start before he returns to the A's. Shane Boz is throwing right now already, but he was placed on the 60-day IL, so he cannot return until June 6th at the earliest. Probably some uh, reason 
you know, putting him on the 60-day IL is a little bit of roster manipulation. He probably didn't need to be out that long. John Gray came back and made one start from his blister issue, but now is right back on the DL with the knee sprain. Nate Pearson is building up as a starter right now after his return from Mono. We'll see what happens with Pearson. He'll probably be in AAA for a little bit because he didn't look that great last year. And Michael Conforto, who is unsigned, is out for the season with shoulder surgery. I'm betting that he wishes he took that money from the Mets now. Let's get into waiver ads for standard 12-team leagues, 10-12-team leagues. We have number one, Matt Brash is still only about 50% owned in Yahoo leagues. Um, this guy's a beast. He didn't have his best start his last time out, but if he's available, you should go get him. This is a repeat from the last few weeks here. Number two, we have Brandon Belt with the Giants. His numbers are going up. He's now 71% owned, so if he gets up to 75, this is the last time he's going to be on this list. But he was one of the best hitters in baseball per plate appearance last year. He's carrying over into this year. He's looking great. If Brandon Belt is available and you need a first baseman or a utility player, go grab him. Number three, we have Jesus Lazardo, who is on the brink of being removed from the list. He's at 72% ownership. Uh, he did have his worst start of the year against the Cardinals last week. Um, but the Cardinals have had a pretty good start to the year. Their offense is looking good. So let's see how Lazardo rebounds next time out. Number four, we have Reed Detmers with the Angels. His ERA isn't the best right now, but he has a 358 Sierra, 28.6 CSW. Funny enough, uh, his scorecard stats were the best uh, start last year, or last, last time out was his best start on the back of the baseball card stats. But under the hood, it was his worst start. Number five is Mackenzie Gore at the Padres, who has been phenomenal so far in the majors this year. Um, but with our guys Mike Clevenger and Blake Snell coming back, it's going to leave a question as to what is going to happen to Mackenzie Gore. I don't think they're going to go seven or eight-man rotation because when those guys come back, they're already going to have six with Nick Martinez, and then Gore makes seven. I don't think they're going to run seven-man rotation, but we'll see what the Padres do. Uh, number six, we have shortstop Jeremy Pena, who I mentioned earlier is now leading off for the Astros with Altuve out. You do a lot worse than Jeremy Pena. He's got power speed. Uh, he's not super hot right now, but he does have the tools to perform. Number seven, I moved starting pitcher Miles Michaelis off the deep league list onto the standard team list. So if Michaelis is available in 12-team leagues, 10-team te league is too shallow for Michaelis, but in 12-team leagues, you can do a lot worse than Miles Michaelis as your last starter on the team, or at least streaming him uh, at home or against bad competition, especially with that Cardinals defense behind him. Number eight, we have Luis Arias, who should be returning from the IL this week. He's doing. I mentioned earlier that he is finally doing his rehab, so if you need a second baseman or middle infielder, Luis Arias, be on the lookout for him. Number nine, I have catcher Austin Nola. Uh, if you need a catcher, because some of these catchers have been off the really bad starts, guys like Yachty and uh, Carson Kelly, um, you could always look for Austin Nola, who's getting a lot of plate appearances, a nice average hitter. He's not going to get you much power, but he's going to get you hits, and he should get some counting stats near the top of the Padres order for you, and he's starting most of the time. Lastly, on our standard, number 10, we've got Matt Barnes with the Red Sox, and I kind of put him, Matt Barnes slash Lucas Sims, they're both coming off their injuries. Both of them should be getting their closer roll back. If you need some saves, both of these guys are worth owning in standard team, standard 
10, 12 team leagues, more like 12 teams. Uh, 10 team is a little shallow for me personally, so I usually use 12 team as a basis with standard leagues. Now let's get into our top 10 deep league ads. Number one, I have Nick Lodolo. He is owned in most, in a lot of like 15 team leagues. Um, if he's not in your 15 team league, go get him. If in a 20 team league, definitely go get him. Um, but Lodolo right now, even though his numbers don't look great, he still has a 331 Sierra and a, over a 30% CSW. The biggest problem for Lodolo is he needs to get the walks under control. 10% walk rate is not going to cut it in the major leagues. So once he gets that under control, he could end up being a top 40-50 starter in the majors in the next couple of years here. Number two, we have Jordan Hicks with the Cardinals. Hicks looked really good, uh, I think, in his three-inning starter role. We'll see how the Cardinals build him up. I don't know if they're going to give him an, an extra inning each start or if they're going to keep him in a pitch count and give him like 10 extra pitches to start. But we'll see how they build Jordan Hicks up to it. And what is his maximum going to be? Is his maximum going to be like 80 or 90 pitches uh, or five innings? Um, I mean, if he's throwing 105 as a starter, I don't think he's going to be able to pitch 100 pitches. You saw it happen to Hunter Green last time out. Uh, throwing that many 100-mile-an-hour pitches is a tough thing to do. Number three, we have Dakota Hudson, another Cardinal. He's not going to get you strikeouts. He's been on this list before. He's just coming off his best start of the year, his last start. That was yesterday. And um, he has a career 3-1-4 ERA, so there are worse guys that you can get. He should get you wins. He should get you ERA. He should get you whip. He's not going to get you the case, but this is a guy that can help stabilize the back of your rotation. Number four, we have John Duran, relief pitcher with the Twins. He's currently in the setup role right now. He could end up getting the closer role later in the year. He's got the best stuff in the Twins bullpen, so it could happen. Number five, we have Alex Kirilov with the Twins. Coming back, as mentioned, he is going to be starting a rehab assignment. This is a guy who could hit 280 with 25 to 30 homers. He is worth owning in any deep league if he is available. Um, get him this week because next year, week after he's near the end of his rehab assignment, he's going to be a lot more expensive. Number six, we have Josh Naylor with the Guardians, who is really hot right now, finally healthy. And this is a guy who could hit 260 with 25 homers. Plenty useful in deep leagues, Josh Naylor. Number seven, we have Josh Stallmont, another Josh with the Royals. Uh, Stallmont and Barlow are in a timeshare closer right now. I don't really think it's a competition. I think they're just going to be kind of splitting saves more or less. Uh, at least that's how Matheny has explained it. And, uh, you know, Matheny with his closers, like, uh, always valuable there. <laughs> uh, number eight, we've got Zach Collins, catcher with the Blue Jays. He's actually DHing with the Blue Jays, but he is catcher eligible. So in any deep leagues, you can do a lot worse than Zach Collins as a second catcher. I would go grab him if you need a second catcher. Hitting in the middle of the Blue Jays lineup is good for anyone. Number nine, we have Dylan Floro with the Marlins. If you're an Anthony Bender owner, I would go get Floro in any deep league to handcuff him in case he loses his job. And then you have the next guy in line, Dylan Floro, to back that up. And lastly, we've got Riley Green with the Tigers as our number 10 uh, deep league stash. If you own him already, don't drop him because he's going to bring you valuable statistics later in the year. Don't drop him. Hold Riley Green. And if someone does drop him in your league, go get him and hold him. That is my recommendation. <clears throat> Top 10 draft prospects. A lot of these prospects have not changed, but some of the dates have. <clears throat> my number one, sorry, as I clear my throat, my number one prospect is still O'Neal Cruz, who's off to a slow start in the minors. And I think that's going to push 
his estimated promotion promotion date. I had him originally as a late April call up. Now I've got him in mid May. He's gonna have to get a heater <clears throat> to get called up to the majors. He is showing the wheels though. Five steals and triple A so far, but terrible batting average. No power, no homers for O'Neill Cruz so far at AAA this year. Number two, we got Adley Rutschman with the Orioles. I expect him to come back as soon as he's healthy. He'll probably be in the minors for a couple weeks with Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall. And we'll see Rutschman come back in about late May. Number three, we have Alec Thomas with the D-backs. Alec Thomas is a power speed guy. The Diamondbacks are looking very bad. I think that Alex Thomas is going to be up by early May. Right now, he's got a 279 average, 328 OBP, two homers and a steal so far this year in AAA. Talk about uh, some good AAA stats. We've got Grayson Rodriguez as our number four. I think Grayson is going to come up either with Rutschman or after Rutschman because they're going to want him to keep his catcher. They want these guys. I think they're going to want all these guys to come up together, the Orioles. That's why I have so many Orioles on this list, as you'll see. But Grayson Rodriguez, so far in AAA, 14 and a third innings pitched, 42.9% K minus walk rate, 1.26 ERA, and a .49 whip. Number five, as mentioned previously, I've got Riley Green still moving up the list here as we're getting closer to his return in June from his injury. The closer we get to Riley Green coming back, the further he's going to move up this list, even uh, because I, I think he's probably the best prospect available in the minors right now it's just he needs to be healthy number six i have max meyer with the marlins who is off to a phenomenal start this year i've got his estimated promo- promotion date in june he has 14 and two-thirds innings pitched with a 32.1 percent k minus walk rate 1.23 era and a 0.55 whip number seven i've got matthew libertor with the cardinals is I think that Libertor is the next man up on the totem pole for the Cardinals if a starter gets hurt or if Flaherty can't come back and they need to tag Team Jordan Hicks with somebody, I think that would be Libertor. I have him coming up sometime in May, just depending on what's happening with injuries and what happens with Jack Flaherty. So far this year in AAA, Libertor has 21 and a third innings pitch, a 28.6% K- K-minus walk rate, a 4.22 ERA, and a 103 whip. Number eight, we've got his best friend, Nolan Gorman, with the Cardinals. And I have Gorman coming up now in late May. I think he's got to get that K uh, rate stabilized a little bit. And I think that the Cardinals are going to give a little more run to Dylan Carlson and Paul DeYoung. And the guy's already on the roster before calling up Gorman. But if these guys aren't showing anything with the bat, DeYoung, Sosa, Carlson, then they may call up Gorman and move Edmund around the field. Gorman, so far in AAA, has... Uh, of course, everyone's been talking about this. Seven homers already in AAA, seven homers in seven games, with a 321 average and a 717 slug. Number nine on my list here, another Oriole. As mentioned, I think all these Orioles guys who are in AAA are all come up at the same time. So I've got Kyle Stowers coming up in late May. And so far this year, Kyle Stowers in AAA has a 281 average, a 410, very nice, OBP, two homers. So he's got... Some nice plate skills. I think Stowers and Rutschman could come up and help provide some offense for the pitchers. Grayson Rodriguez and our last guy, number 10, D.L. Hall with the Orioles. 
Dale Hall still has not thrown a pitch in the minors. As stated on previous pods, I think they're saving his bullets for the majors. They've hinted that he's going to be up earlier this year than later. So I think all these guys, Rushman, Hall, Grayson Rodriguez, and Stowers are all going to come up at the same time. It's going to be a fun time to be an Orioles fan. Honorable mention, we've got Vidal Brujan with the Rays, George Kirby with the Mariners, Tristan Casas with the Red Sox, Jose Miranda, who I've moved off the top 10 with the Twins. He's off to a slow start. He hasn't come up yet. Same thing with MJ Melendez with the Royals. So I've moved him back down into honorable mentions. Cape Cavalli with the Nationals, Cole Wynn with the Rangers, and Brennan Davis with the Cubs. Now let's get into our deep look with this pod, O-Swing and Chase Rate. I wanted to, and this is what I'm going to do in uh, further pods, is as rates and stats begin to stabilize, short uh, sample sizes and small sample sizes start to normalize, we will talk about stats that stick out and uh, grab our attention. So I'm going to talk about three promising things about O-Swing or chase rates. That's what we're going to get into, offensive O-Swing anyway. We're going to talk about chase rate for hitters. We're going to talk about three promising trends and three dangerous trends to be on the lookout for. Number one promising is Gavin Lux. Gavin Lux has the best O-Swing or chase rate. We're going to stick with chase rate as we move on here. In the majors with a 12.1% rate, his career rate was 24.2%. So you can see he's literally sliced that in half. And Gavin Lux is looking like a really good plate discipline guy. He's got uh, his walk rate increasing because of the reduction in O-swing from 107 to 17.8% walk rate. Looks like this is a Dodgers thing. As also in the top 10, 11 are Mookie Betts and Max Muncy. Even though they're off to slower starts, I expect them to rebound because their plate discipline metrics look so good. And the Dodgers are showing that they know how to coach up plate discipline. They are doing things the right way. Gavin Lux is looking like he is finally going to turn out as a valuable fantasy asset. I actually had to take him off of my waiver uh, ads because he's so highly owned now. Number two, we've got Seiya Suzuki, who has the second best chase rate in baseball at a 14% rate. Welcome to the major Seiya. This guy's already a superstar. If you haven't noticed yet, if Seiya Suzuki is available in a league, which he should not be, go get him. If you can trade for him, he's probably gonna, you're probably going to be buying high, but I think he's going to even get higher. So if you want to try to buy Seiya high, he's probably going to get better and better. Like The more that he shows he belongs here and the more stats he racks up, he's going to get uh, increase more and more in value. I don't think that you're buying, even though you're buying high, I don't think you're buying at the peak if you get, say, Suzuki in a league right now. Number three, I've got Josh Lowe with the Rays here, who is on the top list. He's the top rookie on this list with a 20.2% chase rate, which does not match at all. This is why I wanted to bring Josh Lowe up. It does not match at all. His 9.6% walk rate. <coughs> Sorry for the sneeze. It does not match at all his 9.6% walk rate or his 40.4% K rate. I think that his K rate and walk rate are going to normalize. You see everybody talking about Julio Rodriguez and how he's not getting calls, and he keeps getting called out on strikes outside of the zone. Josh Lowe is getting it worse statistically than Julio Rodriguez. We're just not seeing it because everyone wants to talk about Julio Rodriguez, and Josh Lowe's in a bad market uh, for baseball as a Ray. But Josh Lowe has it worse than Julio Rodriguez. But the good news is it looks like he knows what he's doing. He's doing a good job. He's got a good eye, even if the walk rate and the K rate don't show it. So don't drop Josh Lowe. Hold on to him. 
because this should start stabilizing his other metrics as we go on through the season. The umpires can't just keep screwing him over. Now, three dangerous trends. Number one, most dangerous, Luis Robert. He has the worst chase rate in baseball with a 54.7 rate. And guess who's number two? His teammate, Tim Anderson, who, as you know, if you've listened to my pods, I don't like, with a 51.9% rate. These guys just swing at everything. I mean, they do have good swings and can extend the bat so that it's not hurting them as much as it should be. But you can't have a chase rate of over 50% and find success. These guys in their career are normally around 40%, um, but they're swinging at everything right now. And I think that that means that Chicago White Sox probably have the worst hitting coach in baseball, probably. Um, hasn't really affected Anderson this much because he's had a lucky 349 BABIP to date, whereas Robert only has a 194. And so with a BABIP like that, and if you're swinging at everything outside of the zone, that's probably leading to bad contact, which is why his bat is so low, so low. If he's reaching for stuff way outside of the zone and hitting it barely, you know, nibbling it, not barreling up, and then, you, you know, you get a slow dribbler straight to the shortstop or whatever, that's probably what's happening with him. Number two, we have Bobby Witt here, who has the, fir- the fifth worst chase rate in baseball, 44.2%. Um, we don't have minor league statistics of chase rate, so we can't look to see if this is normal for him or not. Um, but... This is why Witt is not showing the power-speed combo that we were hoping for when we were drafting Bobby Witt this year. Um, hopefully this normalizes a bit for him, and he reali- realizes he's got to hang off of balls outside the zone. And a lot of this probably has to do with breaking pitches. He's seeing major league breaking pitches, and he's not used to that yet. But hopefully this stabilizes for Bobby Witt. But this is a trying kind of will show you why Witt is off to such a bad start. And the third one I wanted to bring up here is Giancarlo Stanton. He's tied for 11th on this list with a 42.3% chase rate, which is well above his career average of 31.3%. And this will help increase, or this will help explain his increase in swing strike rate this year. And also his horrendous 1.6% walk rate and 36% K rate. Uh, He's one of the worst plate discipline uh, rates in baseball so far this year. Terrible start to the year for Giancarlo Stanton. He's got to lay off the pitches outside of the zone if he's going to recover this year. And that'll do it for the pod this week. Trying to keep it short and sweet for you guys. Hopefully these notes on the O-string will help you. Hopefully my waiver recommendations will help you. I think I've had some pretty good waiver recommendations to date this year. Most of the guys that I've uh, given the green light on have hit and are getting... Uh, so high up in ownership that they're moving off of the list. Hopefully these notes help you win your leagues and help you with your fab this week. If this has helped you, please give me a five-star review on Apple Pods and on Spotify. Please retweet my podcast on Twitter as I blast this out on Twitter. Find me, follow me on Twitter, and retweet this. As I mentioned in previous weeks, I have... You might have even heard my son in the podcast. I've got a couple babies. Um, I've got a pregnant wife. So I've got a lot going on with my family. I run a business that I work 80 hours a weekend. Uh, and this is my weekend hobby. So please uh, help convince my wife by giving me good reviews that it's worth the time. And that uh, when I'm doing this and she's watching the babies, it hopefully will not make her or help, help sedate the anger 
<laughs> from her as I do this because she's like, why are you doing this? But um, anyway, thanks for listening. I appreciate the likes, the follows, the reviews. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be of service. And we'll see you next time. Again, follow me at Fantasy Ace Ball on Twitter. Thanks.